You're listening to a sermon from Tyler Christian Fellowship in Tyler, Texas. Find us on the web at tcftyler.com or send us an email, tcftyler at gmail.com. Bethel album, but uh, man, I just so love those words. And <clears throat> it's just one of those that I can be in the car, I can be having the worst day, and I can just turn that song on and enter into a place of thankfulness to God and, and just begin to count my blessings, and God just pulls me out every time. So thank you, Tinder, for sharing it. And Lisa, that was just, that was just beautiful, very beautiful. Well, if you are brand new to Tyler Christian Fellowship, or if this is your very first day, let me start by introducing myself. My name is David Cook. I am the associate pastor and worship leader here at TCF. And we're delighted to have you this morning. Our senior pastor, Brother Joe Canal, is away in Louisiana uh, this weekend visiting his father. And um, actually, I wasn't supposed to be preaching today. Um, he had lined up his son, uh, Caleb Canal, who was going to be sharing the word with you. And, um, and so I was really looking forward to that. But Caleb texted me yesterday about mid-afternoon, and he said, Cook, I'm losing my voice. He said, I'm getting a fever, and he's the latest casualty in this wave of sickness that's been hitting our body. So, um, so here I am on short notice. Um, so uh, I'll be sharing the word with you today. I'm kind of like the third, string, third stringer. Got put in the game today, and uh, I'm the third string preacher, but I've got the first string Holy Spirit inside me, so we're, we'll be all right, okay? So... Um, I just want to welcome you this morning, wherever you're coming from, whatever your background is, um, whatever your circumstances are, your Heavenly Father loves you, He knows how to speak to you this morning, and it's by no accident that you're here. So just sit back, open your heart up to Him, and just receive all that He has for you this morning. Amen? All right, well, we have no further announcements this morning, so our children can be released to go to children's ministry. We're just getting back. <clears throat> we actually got back in town uh, late Friday night. Uh, we came, we've been in Colorado all week. Me and the family were on vacation, and uh, it was amazing. I hadn't been up in the mountains um, since for a couple of years. I hadn't been skiing for 26 years, something like that. And so I was a little nervous about how that was going to go down when I got up on a pair of skis for the first time. I used to love to ski, but hadn't done it in so long, and I was kind of nervous. But it was just like riding a bike, you know, except when you fall, you fall in snow. And uh, so it wasn't that bad. And I got to introduce my boys to skiing, and uh, they're athletic enough that they picked it up really quickly. And uh, so it was just a lot of fun. So we're coming off of a long uh, vacation and it was just amazing and I heard report that last Sunday was great I heard that the um, uh, I heard just heard various people say that the Lord's presence was powerful and um, people really experienced uh, just an outpouring of the Holy Spirit so praise God for that um, it's always good to be away and hear a good report about stuff that's happening here it just it just makes you feel connected so really blessed so just praying today for just another uh, outpouring of God's presence and power in this place. I am going to share just kind of a one-off message. Um, kind of just came from a a devotional that I was doing a couple weeks back, where 
the Lord was just really impressing something from the book of Colossians on my heart. And uh, we have been in a season in the body here at TCF um, where we have just so depended on the prayers of one another. Amen. We have been through some stuff. Um, it, 2019 was a year and a half. And we really just had to stand beside each other um, in losses of, uh, losses of spouses, uh, losses of jobs, losses of every kind. Uh, but we stood beside each other in prayer, and we covered each other in prayer, and we comforted each other. And, uh, and you know, I'm really, I really feel like that's probably the heart of this church, is to comfort and encourage and to restore people. God has really had that anointing in particular on this body for many years. And so it kind of tends to be a natural rhythm of who we are. But man, did that get put to the test in 2019. But as I was reading through Colossians chapter 1, uh, uh, which we'll get into here in just a minute, um, it's Paul, just to set this up, Paul is writing to the church at Colossae. And he is writing from prison. He's actually in a Roman prison. And he's writing to this city, Colossae. Now, he had never visited this city himself. Um, he never had the opportunity to go there, but, a, a, but one of his um, partners in ministry, Epaphras, uh, maybe one of his disciples, so to speak, was from Colossae and had taken the gospel back to them and shared it with them, and they had responded and really um, formed a church and were really growing. And this really just encouraged the heart of Paul as he sat in the prison. And so he's pinning this letter to the Colossians, from prison to encourage them and also to warn them because there's also some things that are tempting them to pull back from Christ and to follow different kind of theologies and to mix some Judaism in with their newfound freedom in following Christ. And, and so Paul's writing them to encourage them and also to caution them. But it's something that he says right here at the beginning of the letter that just caught my heart. And, and I just really felt like the Lord impressed this upon me uh, to share today. So we're going to pick it up in Colossians chapter 1, and this is verses 9 through 12. And uh, Epaphras has just told Paul the good news about what's happening in Colossae, this revival, and how they're bearing fruit and they're growing in their faith. And so Paul is writing to them, and he says, Epaphras has told us all this, and I'm going to pick it up from there. And he says, and so, since the day we heard about you, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to Him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to His glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. Let's pray. Father, I just pray that you would get me out of the way this morning. And just speak your word to our hearts. Uh, Lord, I'm an open uh, vessel for you this morning. And I just yield my heart and mouth to you. And I just pray that you would speak your word to us and encourage us this morning. That we would go away transformed and changed. And ready to speak your truth into this world. In Jesus' name, all God's people said, amen, amen. So the part of this opening introduction that hooked my heart is it just right in the beginning you know, Paul is writing to this early budding church with a lot of challenges going on. They're facing a lot of hard times uh, that, that are upon them, but that are going to come upon them even more. 
And he says this, since the day we heard about you, we have not ceased to pray for you. And I want to zero in on that today, the importance of prayer for one another in the body, the importance of prayer, not only as a leader like Paul uh, over the body, but as believers in Jesus, the way that we pray for one another. I really feel like this was something God wanted to stress to us today. So we're going to just kind of drill down on this, this verse. And so since the day we heard about you, we have not ceased to pray for you. So something happens when we pray that is supernatural. I can minister to you to your natural needs, your physical needs. When you're sick, I can bring you a meal. When you're having financial trouble, I might can help you pay a bill. If you, if you have a physical need of some sort uh, that I can minister to, I can do that. But it's temporary. And once that need is met, guess what? There's going to be another need that comes up right behind it. But when I pray for you, I am tapping into the, res- the unlimited resources of heaven and I am calling down the unlimited resources of heaven over you and into your situation and it not only is sufficient to meet the need of the moment but to to meet all of your needs God's God's resources are unlimited they are uh, uh, you can't wear them out and so when I pray for you something bigger much much bigger is happening uh There's some things that happen, and here's the deal. The enemy knows that. He knows how powerful our prayers are for one another. And he is dead set on putting us in a place where we don't pray for each other. He is dead set on discouraging and dissuading you from praying and lifting up your brothers and sisters. He distracts us. He discourages us. He does a whole lot of things to get us off center and to forget how vital prayer is is, and I want to tell you, I want to encourage you this morning, it's when you feel that way, when you feel discouraged or distracted, that's when you need to press in the most for your brothers and sisters. A couple of weeks ago, I was driving, um, driving down the road, and I, I was on the way to Chandler, and I was just struggling. I was having some, we all go through this stuff, um, just some discouragement, and just thinking about certain people and certain situations and, and certain opportunities I feel like I missed and so on and so forth, starting beating myself up, throwing a little pity party. And I feel the Holy Spirit say, why don't you start praying for people? And I'm like, I have no desire right now. This is about me right now. Can't you see I'm having my, time, my pity party time? The Holy Spirit's like, why don't you redirect that onto other people right now and start praying for people? So in obedience, I just said, okay, Lord, I'm just going to set my stuff aside. And I said, Lord, just start filling my heart with people. And boom, 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 boom. People start coming into my heart that I know are going through stuff, that are struggling right now, that are facing difficulties, that are experiencing grief. And I just start praying. And man, it's like the Holy Spirit just fills the car. And I am just letting it rip, man. I'm declaring the, I'm just, I'm praying Uh, In the spirit, I'm praying with my mind. I am declaring the word of the Lord over various people. And this just goes on all the way to Chandler. And by the time I got to Chandler, man, it was like, 
You've seen that, like, that funny meme on Facebook, that funny picture, like you go into the prayer closet like a kitty cat, and then it says coming out of the prayer closet, and it's like a lion. That's the way I felt, you know. I felt so weak and so, ugh. And when I was through with that time of prayer, I came out, and when I pulled into the parking lot of work, I just drove around the building, and I pray for this place, Lord, in the name of Jesus, let your spirit fall here today. Speak your word through me, encourage through me today. And when I wrapped up that time, the Lord just drove into my heart again and just reiterated, pray when you least feel like it. Pray when you feel discouraged. Pray when, you're distract- when, when you know you're being distracted. Tune in to His voice. Set aside that time. His power is made perfect in our weakness. And it's in those moments, if we'll dial into the Spirit of God and just listen, man, He wants to speak. He wants to pray prayers through us of breakthrough. He wants to pray prayers through us that change circumstances and situations in people's lives. So I want to encourage you with that today. Um, Prayer is vital. It's not a plan B. It's not like, well, I can't do anything else, so I guess I'll just pray for them. No, man, prayer is plan A. Everything after that is plan B. Prayer is vital. Prayer is important. That's why we kicked off the year with six weeks of prayer and fasting and seeking the face of God for vision and for what He wants to do in 2020. It is vital to everything that we want to do this year as a body. So I just want to encourage you with that this morning before we get, as we get started. If you're in this season where you're like, man, my prayer life is weak right now. I'm, I'm not making the time to do it or I'm struggling or yeah, that's me. He's talking about me. I'm distracted or I'm kind of self-focused. I just want to encourage you to press through that. I want to encourage you this week to set aside time and just do that. Do what I'm talking about. Just get into the presence of God and say, Lord, I want you to give me five people this morning. Just lay them on my heart that need a breakthrough. And I want you to begin to pray for them and see what happens. And part of me thinks, I think that maybe what Paul experienced in prison is, is part of this because Paul's in a place where he has every right to feel sorry for himself. He has every right to feel discouraged and hopeless. You know, for all intents and purposes, his ministry is over. It's come to an end. He's in a Roman prison. He's got no way to, to, uh, to go out and hit the road in freedom and to take the gospel. He's got every opportunity to turn inward now. But instead, he prays, like he says in this line, since the day we heard about you, we've not ceased to pray. And part of me thinks that Paul may have tapped into this understanding that when I turn my eyes off of myself onto other people, no matter what my situation is, there's breakthrough. Whether I'm in prison or whether I'm free, there's breakthrough. There's freedom. So I just want to encourage you in that this morning. Don't let the enemy distract you. Don't let him discourage you. Press in this week for other people, and God will also bring breakthrough in your life as well. Amen? So let's talk about three things that prayer does. Prayer supplies protection, power, and purpose. Psalm 139, 5-6 says this, You hem me in behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It's too high, and I cannot attain it. Uh, this prayer is, you remember this familiar psalm David's writing about 
you know, seasons where he's running from the Lord. And no matter whether it's in seasons of running or hiding, no matter what he does, he can't escape the presence of the Lord. He says, you hem me in behind and before. It's the picture of God has you completely surrounded. That's kind of where we get the, the hedge of protection idea, that, that God has you completely hemmed in or hedged in. It's what we just prayed over Lewis and Naomi. We just prayed this very thing, that God would go before Lewis, but also come behind Lewis and secure here and there. It's this idea that when we pray, God's response is, God responds by protecting. He is a protector. I remember being so far away from the Lord uh, at a season in life as a young man and just walking in rebellion and coming back to the Lord. One And it was kind of in this season of coming back to the Lord. I was praying and I had this overwhelming thankfulness in my heart because I began to think of certain situations that I was in and certain places that I was in where I either should be dead or I should be in prison. And I paused and I thought, I just had this overwhelming thought. People were praying for me. People that I don't even know were, were lifting me up and praying for a rescue for me. And I had this overwhelming sense of thankfulness to God for his unfailing love, like David, you know, like David says, where can I go from your presence? Where can I hide from you? Even in the darkness, you're there. He's protecting us, whether we're aware of it or not. He's with us. And, um, but anyway, I just remember, I remember talking to my mom about that um, not long after. And I said, you know, mom, I had this revelation the other day that even when I was in rebellion and walking away from the Lord and doing all kinds of crazy stuff, he was with me because you were praying for me. And she said, that's right. She said, me and your father never stopped praying for you. We, pr we prayed for all three of you, you and your two brothers. We prayed for you day and night for protection, for grace, for God to, to, uh, to be with you, to remind you who you are and to remind you who you are not. And man, God did that. I could look back on instances where even when trouble happens, somehow, some way, God would make a way for me to get out where other people would end up in bad trouble. Or some way, situations where literally guns were drawn on me and I got out okay. And this is God. This is the hand of God on my life. And so I just attribute it to, to not only her prayers, but the prayers of of others who are lifting me up and lifting up my brothers during this season of time of rebellion in our lives. And so I want to encourage you with that. If you're praying for your loved ones, if you're praying for prodigals today and you're not seeing breakthrough, just keep praying. God is moving. God is working. And most importantly, God is protecting them. He's out there with them. They can't run from his presence. They can't hide from him in the darkness. They get in the darkness, guess what? They're going to find him there. I know I sure did. So let me encourage you with that this morning. Pray for your children. Pray for your siblings. Pray for lost parents. Pray for anyone that God is putting on your heart. Whether you're seeing transformation or not right now at the moment, doesn't matter. God's got them. God has got them. Um, I remember... Um, this is kind of the way prayer, our, these prayers of protection work. 
Um, just like those situations I'm describing, sometimes you're not even aware when God's grace is around you and when He's protecting you. Um, I remember uh, one time we were, me and some buddies of mine were eating at a Taco Bell, and uh, and we, it was like three or four or five of us on the football team, and we were there and we were hanging out. And two of the guys decided to leave; they needed to get home, and they left and went out in the parking lot. Well. A rival football team came through and jumped our two friends and were beating the snot out of them in the parking lot. So the rest of us, the, the three that were left, we ran outside to, to help them. Well, we were way outnumbered. There's like seven or, I don't know, eight or nine of these guys, and they're all standing around. And we run out, and the guys turn around, and they look at us, and they're looking at us, and then they just kind of back away and they go to their cars and, you know, they all run to their cars and leave. And we're like, before we can begin to really feel good about ourselves, like we did something, we turned around and standing right behind us with Anthony DeGreat. Let me tell you about Anthony DeGreat. Anthony DeGreat was a well-known football player in Waco. Uh, All-state defensive lineman for Waco High, stood about six foot five, weighed about 315 pounds, and was a wall of muscle. Big, strapping, African-American guy. Ended up going to uh, Stephen F. Austin and then getting drafted in the sixth or seventh round by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Went on to the NFL. Big, big man. Big man. Well, Anthony had evidently followed us out of the restaurant and was standing behind us. So these guys assumed that Anthony had our back. And while they may not have been afraid of us, they wanted no part of Big Anthony. And they ran to their trucks and headed out. Listen. That's the way prayer works. Prayer works this way. A lot of times the person that you're praying for, they're not even aware of the big presence of God that's got their back. They're not even aware of the way he is setting the enemy to flight. It's him. It's his power. It's his presence in operation in their lives. They may not see it, but your prayers are protecting them. So pray Pray, pray for the protection uh, of those that you love and that you care about and that you know are, are struggling right now. Because God is with them. He's got their back. And like I say, they may not see it right now, but he is there with them in the midst of the battle. Um, let's move on. Prayer supplies power. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Uh, when we pray, we are accessing a weapon that is not of this earth. It is heavenly weaponry that we are tapping into, that we are utilizing. Um, you remember when uh, Desert Storm broke out? I remember like... Uh, Every night, remember General Norman Schwarzkopf would stand up and he would give a, a report on the nightly news about how the battle was going and they would show these incredible images of these laser-guided bombs that would literally leave the fighter jet and would like go, they were so perfectly guided that they would go down like chimney stacks at factories and blow them up. I mean, it was impressive. We had never seen that kind of weaponry before. Unless you're like Steve and you're in the Air Force, you have no idea that that even exists. You're, th you know, we're, we're thinking about dumb bombs, you know, like what they dropped on in Vietnam where just blow everything up. This is the first time that we'd ever seen weaponry that was guided by 
space, satellites, and, and things that were not on this earth. It was impressive. It was amazing. And in the spiritual, that's the way our prayers are. Our prayers are uttered on earth, uttered from our heart, uttered from, uttered from our mind, our spirit when we lift people up. But they are laser-guided from a heavenly place by the power of the Holy Spirit to a target, to a very precise target, to do something, um, to accomplish something that, that can only be accomplished through the power of God. Uh, when we pray this way, when we tap into the power of the Holy Spirit, when we listen to His still, small voice, and we pray those very specific prayers, we are praying not towards the symptoms of what we see in people's lives, but we are praying deeper than that. When I say symptoms, I mean sometimes we see people and we say, Lord, just deliver them from, from their addiction or deliver them from this depression or deliver them from this anxiety or deliver... Those are symptoms of something much deeper down below the surface that our eyes aren't seeing maybe at the moment. But the Holy Spirit knows. And He knows how to guide our prayers in the most effective way for the pulling down of those strongholds. You can't, you can't mow a weed. You can mow it, but guess what? It's going to come straight back up. If you're going to get rid of weeds in your yard, what do you have to do? You've got to go for the root, man. You've got to dig deep and you've got to go for the root and pull it out. And that's the way strongholds are broken off of people's lives. You have to go down deep to the root of what's causing that depression, to the root of what's led them to addiction, to the root of what, whatever the symptom that you're seeing at the top of the surface of their life. There's an underlying issue. And most of the time, let me tell you what it is. Most of the time it's a lie. There's a stronghold in their life that has been built on a lie that they've been sold. It may be a lie that they're not good enough. It may be a lie that uh, there are all kinds of lies that the enemy can sow into a person's heart. And if it's not corrected early, they begin to form thought patterns and belief systems around this lie. And then they grow up with this lie, and this lie has now become a stronghold in their life. And it shapes their identity in a way that God did not create them to be. Do you hear what I'm saying? And so we have to pray into, we have to lean into the Holy Spirit, and we have to pray and seek Him and pray into that area where the lie has been sown into their identity, where the lie has been sown into their life. And they, are, they have believed it and built, built a lifestyle or a life upon a lie. We have to go for the root. That's how you tear down a stronghold. When you see these buildings topple and when you see, you know, structures, trees, things like that come down, um, a lot of times it's, it's the base. You've got to go for the foundational, the pillars that are holding that thing up. That's what you're going for. That's where the stronghold has its power. So you, go, you don't go for the top of the building. You don't go for the symptoms. You go for the, for the pillar that's supporting the weight of that lie. And the Holy Spirit is so good. He is so... Man, I can't tell you how many times I've been ministering to somebody and they come to me to pray for... Let's just say depression. And we get into that prayer time. And all of a sudden the Holy Spirit reveals something in their heart. Reveals something that maybe some, something... Uh, the lie that was sold into their heart or some something like that and and i'll say you know i just i'm hearing 
I'm hearing this, you know, that there's something, you know, just give you an example, that someone in your childhood told you this, and it set some things in motion, and it's led you to this place of, of low self-value, and it's like, it's like a nuclear bomb going off, like, you know, because what you've done is you've moved beyond the symptom down to the root where God wants to get to, and you're dealing with the stronghold at the root level. That's how we need to pray for each other. That's how we should pray for each other. So when you're praying for people that you know are struggling, I want to encourage you with that. I want to encourage you to take a moment. And before you start praying, you know, just, just, just praying to pray, I really want you, there's two parts of prayer. And we always remember this, the speaking part. It's the listening part that we struggle with sometimes. I want us to just pause and listen. And Holy Spirit, I really want to pray effectively in this moment for this person. And I see some things they're struggling with, but I know there's underlying things that need to be dealt with. Can you give me direction in that? And wait. Just be patient. Be patient and wait on the Lord. And wait. And whatever he gives you, start leaning into that direction and praying that way for people. Whether you're praying with them in person or whether you're praying with them, you know, in with in their absence lean into what you hear the holy spirit leading you to pray and pray that way Um, he wants to give us that level of discernment but we have to be willing to ask for it and then wait and listen and sometimes that's the hardest part um, when people say would you pray for me we just want to charge right in so like i've started when people ask me to pray for them i just pause And it may be an awkward silence for 30 seconds to a minute, which seems like an eternity. But if you'll just train yourself to wait, a lot of times those are the moments when the Holy Spirit will start giving you the leading or the direction that you need to go in. And a lot of times you'll start going in that direction and it's like you take one step of faith in that direction and begin to pray for someone that way and it's like a door opens to revelation that that person needed. So I just want to encourage you to begin to pray that way, not just with your mind, but pray in the Spirit, as Paul says, pray according to the Spirit, according to His leading. Amen? So prayer prayer releases power to pull down strongholds and to get to the root of the things that people struggle with the most. And then thirdly, prayer supplies purpose. I want to go back to our opening passage of scripture from Colossians chapter 1 9 says since the day we heard about you we've not ceased to pray for you asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding and I underline the knowledge of his will we're asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will what's Paul talking about here when he's praying for that these people would know would have an understanding of the knowledge of God's will. Well, a lot of times when we say this phrase, we're saying we want to know God's will for our life. We're thinking about a micro-level thing. We're thinking about a decision about a job or a decision about, you know, a move or something like that. What Paul's talking about here, and he reveals this in the rest of the letter to the Colossians. He also talks about it in Ephesians. And Philippians and some of the other churches he wrote, he talks about this thing that is the mystery of the knowledge of his will. And what he
talking about is not a micro-level understanding of a current situation or circumstance. He's talking about God has a macro plan for the earth through Jesus. And he wants them to understand where they fit in to this macro big vision plan that God has. Because remember, Colossians is a church of mostly Gentiles. These are mostly people who had no connection with God whatsoever. Uh, they, the Jews did. Obviously, they had a connection with God as Father uh, Yahweh. But Gentiles, Greek, Greco-Roman people, they were po- from a polytheistic background. They had no understanding of the one true God. And so when Paul is saying, I want you to come to a knowledge of his will, what he's saying is, I want you Gentiles to understand that you have been included into a master plan of God. And I want you to understand how you fit in to that master plan that God has for you in your life and in the earth. In short, what Paul is praying, I want you to find purpose. I want you to find purpose your purpose in the earth, in God's master plan. Purpose is the one thing. It's, it's like transformation in a person's life. I can testify to this. When love and grace hit you like a freight train, it begins this process of transformation. Like when Emily and I first came back to the Lord after a season of rebellion and just got hit with the power of God's love and grace, this new transformation began to take place. We became new creations. We became new people, new desires, new, um, new, new habits, new... Everything was new. The, the process, the metamorpho in the Greek, the transformation, the process of transformation began by the love and grace of God. But the process of transformation finds its completion in the purpose of God. Because we weren't just created and redeemed and transformed so that we can just be in a relationship. It's like, it's, it would be like getting married just to say you're married, right? You get married to someone because you're going to form a partnership and together you two are going to do things together that are better than you would be doing separately. So in the same way, when God redeems us and brings us into covenant relationship with him he brings us into a relationship and we are able to do things together with him purpose that he has established for our lives that we could never do apart from him it's the purposes of god that we are created for that really kind of complete this transformation process if not we stay stunted in this infantile state of christianity I live that life. I know all about it. You ask me if I'm saved? Yes, I'm saved. You ask me if I believe in Jesus? Oh, yeah. Go to church? Yeah. But I was a baby Christian for most of my teenage years, all the way through into most of college. I had no purpose. I had no, I had no understanding that God had a dream for my life or a purpose for my life. I was just content to show up at church get spoon-fed something that made me feel better, sing a few songs, and go home. And it was an infantile state of Christianity. I was transformed and redeemed, but I wasn't moving forward in the transformation process. To move forward in the process is to understand who you are 
and what God has put in you for use in the earth and for reaching other people and for building up the body of Christ. That is the, that is the completion of the transformation process. Otherwise, you're a two-year-old Christian for your whole life. God wants so much more for us, and that's exactly what Paul is praying for the church, for the Colossian church, and for the other churches. He says this in, a, in many different ways to, in some of the other letters that he writes. He wants them to come into the knowledge of his will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. He wants us to, he wanted them, and God wants us today to understand that we are wired for his glory. And there are things, as sure as I'm standing here today, there are gifts and callings and anointings and, and purposes that he has put in you. You. He didn't give it to other people. He put it in you specifically when he created you for specific purposes that he had for you. You're his workmanship, as Ephesians says, in, created in Christ Jesus to do good things that he prepared long ago in advance for you to do. My encouragement to you is if you haven't locked onto those things yet, man, you not only need to be praying for other people to lock onto that, but you need to be asking the Lord about for yourself. Like, Lord, what did you create me for? What am I good at? What are the natural desires of my heart? I mean, when we gathered in prayer uh, here over those last six weeks uh, for, for 2020 and for the, uh, for the body, man, I had all kinds of stuff dropping in my heart during that six weeks that I really believe God wants to do in this church. But he wasn't speaking for me to do it. He wasn't saying for me to do it. But he was saying, there's people, there's, there's purposes in the body that I want to raise up. There's people and purposes that I, I want to raise up and I want them to awaken to and to step into. I mean, I, I was over here and we, we kind of had different circles of prayer that we broke up into. I was over in this corner with a group and I'm just bawling. I mean, like ugly crying because God had put this vision in my heart for 2020 for unwed pregnant mothers a ministry from this body to unwed pregnant mothers. And I'm just, I can see it. I can see, I could see it in my heart. And I'm like, well, I'm a man and that doesn't seem like something that I would start. But God's like, I'm not asking you to do it. <laughs> I'm asking you to pray for the one who, who can do it to raise up and begin to do it. So I just leaned into that and started praying, you know, but there was, that's just one example. There was a lot of other things that God was just dropping in my heart, dropping in my heart, and that I'm asking Him for, and I'm believing for. And so I say these words to you today to encourage you um, to spend some time with the Lord this week, um, pressing into Him and praying and asking Him, Lord, what's your vision for me? What's your dream for me this, this year for 2020? What what? Are there purposes on my life that I haven't locked onto or that I haven't stepped into? Is there something that you've created me for? And maybe down deep in my heart, I've always known it, but I've never, I've never checked it out. I've never, I've never gone deeper or further down the road to finding, finding out what it is. Um, I just want you to lean into that and pray into that this week and begin to ask the Lord, what are the purposes that you created me for? Don't be content to stay in an immature state 
of Christianity, of, of just consuming for yourself, but not feeding others. Because the mature, complete part of transformation is not only are we fed, but we are able to take and turn and with the gifts and anointings and callings and passions of our life, feed others, feed the body, feed the community. This is mature transformation. This is complete transformation. Amen? So prayer releases again protection, power, and purpose. Prayer is not plan B. Prayer is plan A. It's, it's not all we have. It's the main thing that we have. It's not, we, we should never utter those words, well, I can't do anything else. I guess all I can do is pray. No, prayer, prayer is the first thing. Prayer is priority number one. Tender, you can go ahead and come. We're going to spend some time just uh, in prayer here at the end. And um, I just want to give a minute for the Holy Spirit to search your heart. Because I've said some things to you this morning that may have awakened some things in your heart. Um, and maybe there's people that you've been praying for that you know this morning they need, they need protection, man. They need, they need protection where they are. Or they need power. They need the power of God to come into the root of their stronghold and rip it out. Maybe you're praying, you need to pray for people this morning who are in that infantile state, who haven't locked onto their true purpose in God. And maybe that's you this morning. Maybe you need to lean into the Lord for a little while and ask Him this morning, Lord, give me a vision. Give me a, give me a, a clear word. Give me a, a discernment in my heart. What are the purposes that you have for me in my life in this season right now? So let's just go before Him in prayer. Just be still for a minute and let Him speak to your heart. Let's just bow our head, close our eyes, and just open our ears to the Lord. Thank you, Father. So here's what we're going to do. We're just going to spend some time in prayer for each other this morning. Because that's kind of where this message was going. So if you would just turn to the people next to you on your row. Um, or if you see somebody sitting on a row without someone, someone else. Make them feel welcome to join in. I want you to spend some time just the next few minutes, whatever the needs are represented in your little group, whether it's a person, whether it's a person in the group, I want you to spend a minute praying for one another before we close.
Amen. If you're still praying, just continue to pray. But for those of you who are finished, let's just stand and close in worship this morning. purposes for our lives, Lord, and for all that you want to do in us and through us, Lord. Thank you, Father, for every prayer uttered this morning, for everyone, Lord, that is in need of protection, in need of power, and for purpose, Lord. And we are believing, Lord, for mountains to move. We are believing for chains to break. We are believing, Lord God, for the captives to be set free. And we are believing for a new season of purpose and moving forward into the calling of the Lord. And God, we just thank you for that this morning. We thank you that you're good. And Father, that you work all things together for good for those who love you and who are called according to your purposes. Send us out of here today, Lord God, with the word of the Lord in our heart and in our mouth for others. And give us real and tangible ways this week to demonstrate your love to others, Lord. And in doing so, Lord God, that we may see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we ask all these things in the name of Jesus. All God's people said, amen. If you need prayer, I'll be here for a while longer. Um, feel, Feel free to come see me for prayer. And if not, God bless you and have a great week.